The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome back to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. CJ Inman will be along with us shortly. Today we're previewing Indiana's homecoming matchup against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, we're sorry we couldn't get to you last week. We had some technical difficulties on the podcast. Uh, and we've hopefully got those all fixed uh, with blog talk. But this week it's homecoming week. Indiana comes in at 3-2, and two, looking to move 4-2. and two. Uh, as 25-point favorites over the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, who have already fired head coach Chris Ash. And there's been reports that running back Raheem Blackshear and quarterback Art Sikowski uh, are going to redshirt, sit out the rest of this year and redshirt, uh, whether that means they're transferring or just want another year of eligibility uh, during this wasted year. Um, we'll see. Uh, so before we bring in TJ Inman, we have – uh, some words from our friends over at my bookie. Uh, if you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you, this, uh, telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, that's C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, welcome back, TJ. It has been a while uh, since we last talked. Uh, Indiana suffered the defeat at Michigan State, but there are a lot of positives surrounding that, Uh, and there's Kind of, well, I'll get into this a little bit later. There's kind of uh, some optimism around the program, uh, some expectations as well uh, coming through. But this week we're focusing on Rutgers <laughs> and uh, Indiana's homecoming matchup uh, coming up against Rutgers. But uh, how did you enjoy your open week, and, and what are you looking forward to uh, before the next open week? Yeah, I uh, watched um... – Watched definitely some future IU opponents um, and then some, some past ones as well. Uh, a lot of Big Ten football, which was somewhat difficult to digest for the most part. Uh, not the not the greatest exhibition or display for the conference. Michigan and Iowa um, played a game that really made it uh, – just solidified Michigan's offensive struggles, but their defense the past two games, they shut out Rutgers uh, and then, you know, held Iowa to three points, forced four turnovers. Um, so their their defense looks really good, and that's a definite uh, encouragement for them, but the offense still searching for sure. Uh, watched Northwestern and Nebraska, which was one of the uglier games that you're going to see. Uh, Adrian Martinez left that game with an injury, so that's something to keep an eye on. It appears it is not serious, but uh, Northwestern's defense definitely gets after it. 
their offense as Hunter Johnson did not play for the Wildcats, uh, and they still had every opportunity to win that game at Nebraska. Uh, both teams look beatable. Um, I think that's a takeaway for me from that one. And then, uh, you know, finished off with Ohio State, another dominant performance as they um, shelved Michigan State and uh, watched Purdue and Penn State as well. So, as you said, definitely some opportunity there for, for the Hoosiers. Uh, of course, it's going to start this weekend taking care of Rutgers, uh, but really entering a huge stretch for IU football over the next uh, next few weeks. Yeah, the next four games, there is another open week uh, sandwich there in uh, November. After the, I think between, I think it's November 10th uh, or 9th between the Northwestern and Penn State games. Uh, it's yeah. a odd scheduling year. It's one of those years where there are uh, 14 Saturdays between Labor Day and, and Thanksgiving. Uh, so, or including Labor Day and Thanksgiving. Uh, so we're treated to two open weeks. I kind of like it. It's worked out pretty well uh, for IU this year that they've got through, um, you know, five games. You get an open week. Now you're coming into it. This is, it's not the meat of the schedule, uh, but it's probably it, it, the most important part of the schedule. Uh, you, you've got Rutgers this week. You travel to Maryland. Uh, who who may or may not have lost Josh Jackson. Um, then you go uh, to Nebraska, who may or may not have lost Adrian Martinez, and then you get uh, Northwestern at home uh, before another open week, uh, and then you end the season with Penn State, Michigan, and Purdue. So lots of opportunities, and I think the, the, the performance IU put up at Michigan State has a lot of people talking about analytics and S&P Plus, um, FEI ratings, FPI ratings. Uh, I use, like, projected to be favored in the next four games and things like that. And, you know, this is how many – this is the percentage that they will win six games, they will win seven games. And um, it – my matchup to watch this week, TJ, and, and we'll get into to Rutgers in a second, but my matchup to watch this week is Indiana versus now expectations. Uh, Indiana hasn't really always handled expectations well. Uh, you go back to every time that they've scored a big win over a ranked opponent, uh, at least since I've been watching, uh, they usually fall flat on their face um, the next week. You saw it in, in 2006. Uh, they they beat Iowa, went to Ohio State, lost forty four to three, and then they 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 beat Michigan State that year too. Although Michigan State stunk, uh, they went up to Minnesota and got hammered. Uh, I think fifty six twenty eight, and then they, you lose a close one to Purdue and get no bowl game in two thousand fourteen. You knocked off a ranked Missouri team and lose at home against Maryland. That was a good Maryland team. Uh, but they just didn't come out and play well. So it's how how did they handle these expectations of being a favorite? Uh, they're so used to playing the underdog role and, and using that as fuel. How do you handle the expectations of being a favorite? They're a 25-point hit favorite coming in against Rutgers. Rutgers has dismissed Chris Ash, and it looks like they're going to pay him a boatload of money not to coach. I think it's somewhere above $8 million. Um there, there was also a report from Saturday Tradition uh, that had both 
quarterback Art Sikowski and running back Raheem Blackshear sitting out the rest of the year and, and taking a red shirt. So this team is kind of falling apart. Uh, so we'll see what they, they do against Rutgers. Um, but you, you have to live up to expectations. Now, you know, fans are probably taking it a little too far uh, because that's what that's what fans do. Uh, but it's still one game at a time. You've got to get the fourth win before you could get five, six, seven, uh, and so on. Uh, but coming out of that Michigan State game, I think, you know, you feel pretty good that, hey, seven wins can be on the table. Um, you know, realistically on the table uh, with, with everything that's gone on in the conference. But let's get down to Rutgers. Uh, TJ, what are your initial thoughts on Rutgers besides trainer X, dumpster fire, and team from New Jersey? Well, uh, besides that, which uh, I think all three are applicable, um, it, it's hard to pick a strength for Rutgers, something you have to really be worried about. Uh, I thought coming in that they would have a pretty good running game. Uh, because I do think that they have talented running backs. Of course, one of them, as you mentioned, uh, it appears, is not going to be playing. Uh, now, Blackshear comes into this Saturday as both the uh, – he's the leading receiver, uh, and he's their best tailback as well. So uh, – a leading pass catcher, I should say, with, with the most uh, most receiving yards for them. Um I do think that Pacheco he, he who, is listed as the starter on their on their depth chart for this week, which is but which is odd. We all know I mean, that there's, depth charts mean nothing, right? Yeah, there's there's been nothing to refute uh, the report that came out, um, but there's also not been confirmed that by the player or by the school uh, that that him and Sikowski are, are done. Um, Sikowski did not play against Maryland. Uh, they turned to a freshman from New Jersey, Johnny Langan, I believe is how you say his name. Um, and he was, as you would expect for a guy in his first action, uh, he was not good, definitely struggled, was under 50%, only 156 yards, uh, threw two interceptions, no touchdowns. Um, they, they ran the ball a ton, which is probably what you're going to see. Uh, I would anticipate that Rutgers is going to attempt to shrink the game, control the tempo, uh, run the ball a lot, try to stay ahead of schedule, um, and make this a game where Indiana doesn't get a lot of possessions and limit the the damage that they can do against their their defense, which has been porous to say the least. Uh, Rutgers in their last, just in their three Big Ten games this year, Shut out by Iowa, 30 to nothing, and Iowa really didn't do anything at all elaborate. They just went out, got a lead, and just sat on it, uh, as you would expect the Kirk Ferentz team to do. And then Michigan beat them up and shut them out, 52 nothing. And then Maryland, uh, that game was somewhat competitive for the first probably 15, 20 minutes, uh, and then Maryland pulled away and held Rutgers to seven. Um, uh, Rutgers was able to, as I mentioned, that time of possession, uh, they held the ball for almost 39 minutes of that game. Now, they didn't do hardly anything with it. I think they only had 11 or 12 first downs with all that time of possession. So that tells you that they are playing uh, at a very slow pace, 
bleeding the play clock and then snapping the ball late in the play clock and, and keeping the clock running with running plays or very short passes. Um, now their yards per carry, as you would expect, I think it was about 46 carries or 45 attempts for uh, just over three yards a carry. So um, not explosive at all. There's really minus Pacheco breaking the occasional run or Blackshear if he plays. Minus those two, you're not really worried about anybody on this offense. The offensive line is not good. Uh, You're definitely able to get to the quarterback. And that's the key, really, for Indiana's defense is going to be creating those havoc plays, getting into the backfield, getting Rutgers behind schedule, and forcing them to make plays through the passing game. That's something that I do not think they should be able to do uh, against Indiana's defense. If Rutgers is able to have a good day throwing the ball, then that's a major red flag for Indiana uh, because they, they should not be able to have success against IU particularly if IU forces obvious passing situations. Uh, on the other side of the ball, but it, they're just a bad defense. Uh, they don't really offer much in the way of resistance. Um, I think that they are a little bit better typically uh, against the pass than they are the run, but that's really getting in the weeds because uh, they're not good against either. Uh, and I think that Indiana should be able to establish the run and then from there uh, allow Michael Penix to, to pick apart this defense and um, I, I would like to see this be a day that you just you know, kind of I, I don't want to say solidify or uh, can't quite find the right word for it but just allow Michael Penix to back up what he did against Michigan State you know I, I would not mind at all going out there and letting Penix uh, you know air it out vertically some uh, and work it side to side to Penix, get into a rhythm. You know, he had the off week. Get him back into a rhythm and just reaffirm what we saw against Michigan State with his terrific performance. Uh, I would like to see IU get Nick Westbrook a little bit more involved because so far it has been a rough senior campaign for him. Uh, I'd like to see him get involved, Ty Freifogel, uh you know, see if you can get that guilt guys going some and give Maryland a little bit more to worry about uh, headed into our big matchup in College Park. Uh, but, I, I, you know, on paper, like you said, it's IU versus expectations. If the Hoosiers come out and play, uh, play intense and focused football, Rutgers should not be able to offer much for them. Yeah, I, I think that's – that's right, and you got to look at it kind of like you looked at the UConn and EIU games. It's what can IU do better than they did two weeks ago? Uh, and that's maybe timing up some of those deep passes that you saw go off the receiver's hands, uh, catching the ball a little bit better. You know, I was very impressed with Donovan Hale catching the ball in traffic. Uh, he yes. played with that attitude that, hey, this kind of like those 90s Knicks and Pacers teams uh, down in the paint where where Charles Oakley and the Davis brothers said, this is this is my rebound and you're not getting it. That's the kind of attitude that Donovan Hale um, Donovan Hale played catching the ball. This is my ball and you're not you're not getting it and you have to go through me to get it and usually that results in a flag. Um, 
the run game, I'd like to see them throw the ball 40, 40 to 45 times or however many times uh, they're going to yep. get the ball. Um, you know, because Penix missed a couple of games, he's still relatively inexperienced, um, even though he performs better uh, than his experience. Uh, you know, he performed all, uh, like like a rock star up in Michigan State. That's a tough environment and completed 20 straight passes at one point. Uh, didn't throw a pick, was composed and all that stuff. I, let's see how that shoulder responds to throwing the ball uh, again another 40 times um, and get him in, in a rhythm with these receivers because he, he did miss some time, and he missed some time at the end of last year too, and he missed most of, you know, most of spring practice. So he, he needs these reps. Uh, the run game – I think the run game is what it is. Uh, it's going to be, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust scenes uh, until they could get blocking to that second level, and it just has to be effective runs, kind of like what the Colts did last night is go get five, six, seven yards, move the chains, uh, and, and keep it going, and then use play action to open up a passing game. Uh, so I'd like to see Penix throw the ball. Offensively, Rutgers does nothing on defense to – scare you just hold on to the ball do what you do best um improve on catching the ball on competitive catches uh, and, and then sprinkle in the run to control the game uh, you don't want to you don't want to see Penix throw 60 passes and you run it 20 times you know for 80 yards but a, a better balance uh to that control the game with the running with the running game pick up that third and one when you need it or fourth and one when you need it uh, defensively, the the other guy uh, on Rutgers who who puts some scare into you is Bo Melton. He's their big play receiver. He's averaging 17 yards per carry. I expect that they'll put Tywan Mullen uh, or one of their better other better um, defensive backs on him. But th- that that kid could play too. He's 5'11", 191. Is an explosive player, uh, and he doesn't need much room to to make a guy miss and and take it to the end zone. But defensively, it's IU has to get better. I want, they need to start getting some takeaways. I, I think they only have three on the season. They got to clean up the penalties, uh, and they just they just got to look like that defensive team uh, that they looked like a couple years ago. Yes, they're so much younger um, at that position, but you, you hope that they get Juan Harris back this week. Uh, you should get Reese Taylor back this week. Uh, it, it looked like Tom Allen said today. So you got a pretty healthy defense. Can you dominate a team that you're supposed to dominate? Uh, can you can you get two or three takeaways? Trying to get that turnover luck on your side uh, because a lot of it is luck. Um, get that turnover luck on your side and. Um, and do what you need to do. And then special teams, you've you got to clean up special teams. That's probably the thing I'm going to look at the most this week is, are you going to have these penalties that no matter what the competition are, is just going to kill your starting field position? Uh, holdings on returns, uh, punt returns, breakdowns on punt protection, uh, and things like that. Now, look, special teams, Aiden Whitehead outside of Ohio State has been spectacular. Logan Justice yep. is as close to as automatic as a kicker can be right now. Uh, Nathan Snyder and Jared Smoller outside of 
uh, Snyder's first game, he's been fantastic along with Smoller. Uh, David Ellis, can he get the return game going? Uh, can he finally break one? Uh, things like that. But it, it's not the things that opponents make IU do. It's what IU is doing that they need to clean up. It's penalties, um, you know, selfish plays, dropping the ball, um, dropping interceptions, uh, things like that. You, you just want to see IU play a clean game. And, and that, to me, is more important than the score. If they come out and win 31-3 and get three takeaways and run the ball for four or five yards to carry and, and don't drop any passes, I'll take that and let's go. As long as there's no injuries, let's go to Maryland. And, and that's where that's where that's the swing game of the season. We've said it for months. Uh, and that it's, it's going to come down to that game. That's the, that's the game that if you want to turn this program around, Indiana has to win. That's Minnesota last year. That's um, – I can't even remember who what it was in 2017. That's the Purdue in 2017. Um, you know, games like that where you, you – or Northwestern in 2016. Games where they should – have a legitimate shot to win, and and they kind of, um, you know, crap the bed, uh, for lack of better terms. So this week, work on what IU needs to work on. Uh, there are a couple – records just – I don't know. It seems like they're, they're, they're almost like the Jets at college football. And it's – if you have your two – you know your best running back and your your young starting quarterback essentially quit on the team and and quit on the interim coach kind of speaks volumes to where that that place is at a program and how are you going to get these other guys to buy in um and that's that's when it gets dangerous as a, as a program where where you start getting blown out uh worse than 48-7 at Maryland so you know, it's a little apathy on Rutgers' part. Um, you know, they're not going to bring a big crowd. You hope Indiana fans show up. It's supposed to be spectacular weather on Saturday. It's not going to be too hot. It's going to be like 60 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, perfect fall weather. Um, but they're out. It's a noon game. So um, it's homecoming traditionally at noon. It's been at noon for a while. Uh, I for all the hype that's been on Twitter uh, with, with all these, you know, hashtag nine win Indiana and, uh, and, uh, and other things, fans should show up. Students should show up. Yeah. It's a noon game. Get there. It's homecoming. Uh, as Terry Hepner said, just go to the bar from straight to the game. You know, when we had that 11 AM homecoming game against Illinois, he said it at the, he said it at the, uh, at the pep rally, if you want to stay out all night, Stay out all night and then go to the game. Um, but, you know, I, I think the fan base, uh, it's time to put up or shut up. Uh, e- either you're you're buying into this, that they should be favored in their next four games, uh, or you're not. So uh, that's my two cents on there. And I think IU Athletics, and I have to give uh, Jeremy Gray and his staff and IU Athletics a great deal of credit Um TJ, you were down there for the Connecticut game. They have changed so much uh, for the yeah. better. They've started selling beer. They've done their tiered ticket pricing. They got rid of the alma mater at the beginning. They do back home in Indiana. It's better. They, they've spiced up the band a little bit. They've got 
a new director of the Red Steppers. There's less carnival games during timeouts, and it just feels more like a football game. Uh, so the ball's in the fans' court. Either you're with this team or, you know what, you're – or, or you're not. Um, you, you can't really call yourself an Indiana football fan if you're not coming out to these games, especially against Rutgers when everybody says, oh, they, they don't win. Well, this is a game they're favored by 25 points. Um, and then they'll be, oh, we left at halftime because IU was up by 28 points. Yeah. There's no, there's, there's no pleasing people. It's Some people are happiest when they're miserable. Um that may be uh, where the Indiana fan is most comfortable. But uh, I'm convinced there are about 20,000 to 30,000 really, really loyal, diehard, ride-till-you-die football fans who are there every week. Um, it's the rest who are on the fence that need to show up. They're the same 30,000 people, and a lot of them probably listen to us and comment on our stories and stuff like that. But we appreciate them. You guys – are, are the, the diehard people who are there week in and week out. And um, I know the team appreciates them, but we need IU has, I think, an undergraduate around 40, with 40,000, above 40,000. You should be able to fill, fill a 52,000-seat stadium on most weeks, especially for homecoming, uh, which is a big weekend everywhere. You should have a good crowd with good weather, um, and things like that. So, uh, what is your matchup to watch, DJ? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think that there's anything beyond, you know, IU showing up ready to play uh, that's really going to swing this game. Now, I, I will say that, look, Rutgers is a more competent team than, say, Eastern Illinois or UConn, um, but it's the same type of game where IU needs to come and set the tone. And if they do so, uh, you know, you would not expect Rutgers to, to battle back all that much. If IU can uh, hit them early and get them down, uh, you know, you, you won't have an opportunity to finish that off. Now, uh, picking one particular matchup, I will go with the one that I'm most interested to see, and for me, it's going to be Indiana's run defense against Rutgers' running game. Uh, I think that's the best part of Rutgers is their, their skilled players at running back. Um, uh, and then Johnny Langan, their quarterback last week, if, if he's the guy again, he did have a 21-yard run uh, for a score against Maryland. So, you know, he at least has some mobility that he can hurt you with. Uh, so I'm going to go with IU's running defense, which really is going to focus on mainly tackling. Um, just want to see that cleaned up even more uh, you know, to feel really good about things going against the Maryland. Because, you know, if you go against Maryland with tackling issues, they've got the speed and the athletes to really burn you with that. So uh, interested to see that. And then I, just a secondary one. I, I'm just excited to watch Michael Penix again. Uh, that was so much fun to see him light up Michigan State. Uh, they they could not control what Michael Penix was doing and what Kellen DeBoer was dialing up. I thought it was an incredibly well-called game by Kellen DeBoer with the exception of one fourth down play, which was uh, shall not be spoken of again. But for the most part, I thought it was a terrific 
game plan from Kalen DeBoer and the coaching staff. And I thought Michael Penix and particularly Wap Fillier, Donovan Hale, and the offensive line uh, did a great job executing it. Uh, I'm just excited to see that group play again and see how much they've grown in two weeks here. So uh, I guess that's a secondary matchup for me is just I use offense and see where they uh, if they can pick up where they left off against the Spartans. Yeah, it was just even though IU lost, that was probably since I've become an IU fan the most fun I've had watching an IU loss. It was almost like, and yeah, maybe some of it had to do that I was out in Vegas with a whole bunch of friends and uh, having a good time, but it was, you know, an enjoyable college football experience. And you know, a yep. lot of that had to do with Michael Penix and the offense. And with Penix in there, you kind of believed that IU was going to get it done. And there was kind of a a swagger that they, they didn't have um, with with Ramsey in there where everything, you know, all due respect to Peyton Ramsey, everything seemed to be a Hard. just a, gr- a grind. Um, yeah. You know, it's like one of those pitchers who's just trying – he'll get you through five innings. He'll probably let up two runs and he'll keep you in the game, uh, but it, it he ends up throwing 120 pitches and there's traffic, and you're never comfortable. Uh, there was some comfort uh, in, in Michael Penix being quarterback. You had some confidence, and, you know, if if they had another minute in the game, he might go down and take them to a win uh, and, and things like that. Uh, so I'm not a fan of moral victories, and no way that's a moral victory. Although I think that fans jumping on board these prediction, these these percentages, is kind of taking it as a moral victory, even though they say they hate moral victories. Um, but it was like, hey, welcome. This is what college football is supposed to look like. Um, that's what what my experience against Michigan State was, and, and it was a it was a lot of fun. Um, even though uh, even though they lost, it, it was in, an enjoyable overall experience. But heading into Rutgers, um, talk about expectations uh, as my matchup to watch, and it's kind of going off the grid a little bit. Um, but IU hasn't won a homecoming game in a long time. Um, they played Rutgers in 2015 on homecoming. They blew a 55-27 lead. Uh, nope, that didn't you know, happen. It, it, no, that did not happen. That have, didn't uh, happen. No recollection oh, that. Big... Nope. nope. It no might have happened. Let's say. Well, then I had a dream that it happened. Um, but they, they've always had, you know, nightmares. Um, you know, last year homecoming, Iowa came in and, and curb stomped them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you know, kind of you got to shake that homecoming monkey you off your back too and I think you have, have a good chance with, with Rutgers as the opponent and then expectations how do you handle because yeah, after Eastern Illinois there was kind of a swagger about IU that you don't think they really earned it um, coming into Ohio State and Ohio State put, them, put IU in their place uh, and, and humbled them pretty quickly and now Ohio State's doing that to everybody um, yeah. and Everybody. And so how are the players handling it? I, you know they, they, they're on social media and they see this stuff 
and people are asking about it at press conferences. So I want to see how IU players handle being a favorite without getting their heads too big and still playing with the hunger that they usually play um, as an underdog uh, and, and things like that. So that's my main matchup to watch on the field uh, between the two teams. Uh, it, it's going to be Indiana's defense against Rutgers' offense. Uh, it's Rutgers' offense is not good. Uh, Indiana's defense has had its holes. They've dominated the people they're supposed to be uh, supposed to dominate, uh, like mm-hmm. uh, like EIU and Connecticut. Uh, they had some issues with Ball State tackling but we could write that off as as just a game one. Uh, But they did get shredded by Ohio State, and they were pretty much shredded by Michigan State. Can they get the takeaways? Uh, Can they create those havoc plays, Uh, meaning sacks, force fumbles, pass breakups, um, things like that, that they need to to get this defense off the field? And and one of the reasons why this defense is so good in 2017 was that they were – they got their three and outs. They they played well on first down. They stopped an opponent on first down. Uh, they they forced them to punt, got the ball back to the offense and things like that. Uh, in 2018, they weren't as good, but they got their 26 takeaways. This year, they're not stopping people on first down as much, and they're not getting takeaways. So, really, none of the things that they did well over the last two years has, has come to light yet. Uh, so, that's probably why the defense is is struggling you know it looks like it's struggling you know the players are not better or worse um really than last year um but they gotta you this is a team that you you should be able to force a whole bunch of three and outs uh if they throw the ball you should get a couple interceptions and you should be able to force a few fumbles. Whether you recover them or not is, is a whole different story because they could bounce all over the place. Um, but just make them put the ball on the ground and get, get some hands on, on passes as well. So that's my matchup is Rutgers offense against Indiana's defense and then how Indiana is going to um, handle the expectations of being a 25-point favorite. Uh, TJ, predictions. I'm going to go with Indiana 41, Rutgers 10. I think the Hoosiers win this one by 31. Um, I, I do think the Rutgers stays competitive for somewhere around a quarter, uh, and then Indiana stretches out the lead and eventually walks away with a very comfortable win, 41 to 10. I was going to go something like that. Um, it depends how aggressive – um, the offense stays all game, uh, yeah. and, and we really haven't seen Penix in, in a in a blowout yet. And what they're going to do? Are they going to sit on the ball, kind of like they've done with Ramsey? Are they going to let him throw it? Um, but I, I'll go Indiana. Um, what did we score against UConn? Thirty-eight. We scored yep. fifty. I, I'll, I'll take forty-five. Forty-five seventeen. Uh, Indiana. And you, you roll into – you get your first Big Ten win. You continue the winning streak over Rutgers, which will be at four if they win on Saturday. You go into Maryland on a high note. Uh, Maryland's at Purdue this weekend. So we'll see uh, We'll see how they look. It's Purdue's homecoming too. And, and I know before you yell at me, I yes, Purdue's 
50th anniversary of the moon landing helmets and their jerseys are sweet. The, the moonwalk, uh, the spacewalk jerseys are awesome. Um, but yeah, they're one and four. Um, so, but I, I think Indiana's yeah, 45, 45-17, uh, a garbage touchdown on each side, garbage time touchdown on each side. They got to get some of these young guys. They got to, I don't want to say you have to sit your starters if you blow them out because some of your starters, they need to fix stuff too. Um, so, yep. you know, it, it's people got to, you got to play well. And that's what I want to see. I'd like to see them make a big play in each phase of the game. Uh, but we'll see. It should be, should be a comfortable win. Um, Rutgers is not a good team. They're probably slightly better than UConn, but not much better than UConn. And uh, we'll we'll see what they – I mean, they're in a tailspin. It's going to be interesting to see where Rutgers goes from now um, when we talk about them in the offseason. My hunch is is that Greg Schiano is going to be the head coach there. Uh, But they do have to pay Chris Ash $8 million. So have fun with that. Uh, Anyway, that does it for tonight's uh, podcast. Uh, Final thoughts, TJ? No, like you said, I think it's going to be a beautiful day, hopefully a really nice crowd, and uh, hopefully no significant injuries, and IU takes care of business. And then, like you said, we get down to down to real business with, um, in my opinion, what's going to amount to three matchups slash measuring stick, however you want to put it, games against, uh, against opponents that um, I, I do think is going to largely determine um, kind of the, the way we remember this season and potentially uh, how this program moves forward one way or the other. So it's a huge month or so of football coming up here for Indiana. Uh, Hopefully we look back on it fondly when it's over. Yeah, it should be a fun month. And I I had to look up the weather report again just to make sure that it was decent uh, after going on that rant. It's mostly sunny and cooler, high of 54, low of 33. So you'd think around game time at noon. It's going to be in the low 50s, maybe high 40s, perfect fall weather, uh, perfect football weather, uh, things like that. However, on Friday, it's going to be 80, so people are going to be really complaining that it's 54 degrees, uh, but it's about time for the fall. My final thoughts on this game, it's a game that IU should win. It's a game that IU has to win. Uh, There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Uh, and it's a game that they should win comfortably. And I think it's time that that uh, Indiana fans talk, 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 and, and walk the walk. They should win this game. Um, and and it, it it's not an insignificant game to win either. You could look at it as it's just Rutgers. But guess what? You're you win this game. You're two thirds of the way to bowl eligibility. Um, you're yep. dominating a, a a Big Ten opponent, which is what you need to do over bad Big Ten opponents. It's how everybody else treated Indiana for, for the last, you know, 30 years. It's, hey, this, this is a team we could beat up on and, and get our win. Well, Rutgers is now that doormat program, and, and Indiana's got to get fat on that. And, you know, getting your fourth win, you don't apologize for playing Rutgers. Hey, they're in the Big Ten. They're on the schedule. we got to play the schedule. So Tom Allen and and IU doesn't have to apologize for playing Rutgers, and they shouldn't really have to apologize for playing Eastern Illinois or um, UConn either. So 
It's an important game. It should be a fun homecoming game with lots of points and lots of fireworks, and, and hopefully that's the case. Uh, if not, then um, IU might have problems, uh, you know, with their fan base. If if you can't beat Rutgers at home after Rutgers fired their coach and, and lost by 41 to Maryland. But anyway, it is a very, very big four-game stretch. Uh, it's going to be – it should be a fun four-game stretch. A lot of these games – you know, you call them matchup opponents, TJ. They are matchup opponents. Um, and they should be close games outside of the Rutgers game. But Maryland, Nebraska, and Northwestern should all be close, entertaining games. And, you know, by the end of it, who knows? You could be bowl eligible heading into the Penn State game and things like that. So, anyway, TJ, thanks for joining me on this Monday evening. Enjoy the rest of your night. I'm going to go enjoy hopefully finish off a Yankee sweep over Minnesota. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, uh, with a big IU win and uh, an important game preview against Maryland. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and have a great week. All right, that does it for tonight's podcast. Thank you for joining TJ and myself. Uh, come to HoosierHuddle.com for all your IU football news. We'll have a recruiting update this week. Uh, we'll also have a player feature on Demarcus Elliott, as well as our regular game week uh, features. Matt's up to watch, inside the numbers, know your opponent, uh, all those things leading up to game day. Again, Indiana kicks off against Rutgers at noon at Memorial Stadium. It is homecoming. There are festivities all week. Uh, in Bloomington. So if you're down there, enjoy them. Uh, enjoy the game. This is a game that uh, should be enjoyable for, for many fans and should end that homecoming uh, losing streak uh, for the Hoosiers. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle, and you can download the podcast on Armchair Sports and uh, at, on iTunes. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. 